Who is this beatnik? Because this is not the Michael I know. Uh, I don't know. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Pass the Hot Sauce, a Roswell podcast. I'm Aliza Ora. And I'm Lorena Rose. And we're here to talk about every episode of the 1999 WB series Roswell, one episode at a time, spoiler free. Today we're discussing season two, episode 14, How the Other Half Lives. According to the IMDb description, this is the one where Maria and Michael investigate Lori's situation and find that the house really belongs to her, but her aunt and uncle paid to have her declared insane. Michael discovers the manner in which he is related to Lori, Brody's body is possessed again, and Max, Isabel, Tess, and Liz learn about the parasitic nature of the blue crystals and why they want to infect Lori. Who? that's a mouthful. They enlist Alex and Kyle <laughs> to help them search for the hive so they can stop the deadly spread of the parasite. And this episode is written by Jason Kadams and Ronald D. Moore. They have written this whole arc for us. And um, it is directed by Paul Shapiro, who directed a total of six episodes of Roswell across all three seasons. If I can just interject, mm-hmm. I'm really glad that you use the IMDb description because the one on Hulu just says, Lori finds her family, but her kidnapper finds her and Michael must defeat the alien crystals in order to save her. Oh, that's... Which is not only misleading, but like kind of just inaccurate. Yeah. I looked also at uh, the TV guide description and I was not impressed with that one either for this episode. Mm. So I decided to stick to our old standard IMDb. So... Yeah. But yeah, so this episode, let's dive in. It starts with a a break-in, and we don't know quite who is breaking in or where is being broken into in those first couple of seconds, but there's a break-in happening. Yeah, and the guy's wearing a ski mask, or balaclava. Is that what a balaclava is? Yeah, I think so. Right? Isn't it like a ski mask like that? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, a balaclava, like, covers your face and your head. I think it counts. Yeah. It does look suspiciously like Grant's face or the actor who plays Grant Sorensen around the eye holes. But and it does. And we do realize that he's definitely in Michael's place after a couple seconds. I think we see the Metallica poster. But yeah, an unknown person breaking into Michael's place. What's going to happen? Being super messy about it. Like he's not trying to, you know, leave no trace and like you know, not get caught. Yeah, he does not care. Yeah, he's just like knocking (laughs) stuff over, you know. Yeah. So Tucson, we're back at the Dupree estate. And even though they're asked to leave, Michael and Maria, we see them surveilling the house. Yes. Yeah. Doing some recon. Or while Michael's doing some recon, Maria is very (laughs) distracted by... Her official business. Yeah. (laughs) She's gotten sap on her blouse. She's ruined it. She needs to call her bestie, Liz, and Michael is not pleased. (laughs) And she calls Michael he who shall remain nameless. Yeah. And like, I could just, I cannot keep up with these two. I cannot keep track of like, where they're at. Do they like each other? Do they not? Well, I guess the answer is yes. They always like each other. But like, yes. Are they pretending that they don't? 
he who shall remain nameless is sort of like he who shall not be named, which is, as we all know, Lord Voldemort from Harry Potter. And like, he's like an evil villain, son of a bitch. And like, I mean, Michael is not those things. There's also a, a term in Hebrew that is essentially he who must not be named, he who shall not be named mm-hmm. for Hitler. Ah, yes. So, yeah. same thing, like really bad guy whose name you don't want to say. Yeah, which, I mean, Michael is not those things. No, Michael does not deserve that. He's a little hard to like pin down in a relationship and with his emotions, but he's not evil. Yeah, he's Michael. Yeah. He has a big heart. Mm-hmm. He does. Even if he's a jerk sometimes. Yeah. But we are in these episodes, the last one and this one, we're seeing a softer side of Michael. Yes. And I love it. Like protective Michael. Yeah. And like, yeah, him discovering he has actual family is just, Mm -hmm. uh, it's very sweet. Yeah. But yeah, Michael's very sweet in these episodes. And I love that he's Mm -hmm. finding a family connection with Lori, he's figured out mm-hmm. how to make that family connection, and yeah, and we're getting to see a different side of him again. Yes, love it. Uh, so they sneak in, which, like, really, like, would it be that easy to sneak in? I mean, I guess they do end up getting caught. Yeah, but they like, do. The, like <laughs> security cameras all over the place. Like, really? Yeah. But there looks like an amazing grounds, like yeah. the patio, the pool. Oh, that pool looks real good. <laughs> I'm dying to swim in a pool like that. Oh, me too. I, it's not even like that hot here in New York yet, but it is like, I guess in my apartment, it's like stuffy enough that I'm like, yeah, it feels it. I mean, it feels warmer than springtime in my apartment. It. I mean, you go outside and it's still chilly, but in my apartment, it's starting to feel pretty warm with the sun shining in my windows all day. Yeah. So back in Roswell, mm-hmm. looks like Agent Duff and Valenti are working together to, mm-hmm. you know, pull Grant over and and see what's going on with him. They actually have a warrant this time. Yes, they and I love Officer Valenti here when he's like, "I brought you something you've been wanting for a long time—a search yeah. warrant." <laughs> I know. That was a cute little comment. Yeah. But yeah, they find they find gloves in the trunk. Grant has these scratches on the side of his neck that he doesn't know where mm-hmm. they came from and like mm-hmm. and he says he's never seen the gloves before and that Valenti planted them and I and I mean because he truly believes that Valenti planted them there. Yeah. Um because he like he said, he's never seen them. Mhm. Yeah, but his story is kind of starting to, like, fall apart a little bit. Yeah. And I feel like he is starting to realize his story is falling apart, that he has unanswered questions. I mean, as we're going to see as the episode progresses, he starts putting together these pieces of all this missing time in his mm-hmm. in his personal timeline and getting very yeah. distressed about it. The poor guy. Yeah. And then we had, I mean, cut back to the Dupree mansion, which, like... I mean, I guess this isn't, I mean, it's adult abuse, but, like, I mean, this is the way I picture, like, horrible abusive parents, like, locking a child in a room. Like, Lori has, she has no bed sheets, no blankets, no nothing. Also, if she was really, like, clinically insane, like, would they let her have all of those candles? No. Like, open no, flames, like, burning all over her room? Like, that doesn't seem like... 
It is wise. It's like a lot of candles and they're not candles like like this one. I'm like picking up a candle to show Ashley and Lorena. Yeah, it's like in it's a not jar. a nice jar candle. Yeah, that is a little bit enclosed. <laughs> they're just like open flame. Yeah, not like in big taper anything. candles all over and like a yeah. camping lantern. Like And she's lying there like almost in like the fetal position. I mean mm-hmm. she doesn't she doesn't look good. No, she does it's, not. Yeah. And she says to them that her aunt and uncle, she says, they need me to be crazy. Yeah. And so that was like an important thing that she said, because then, you know, that leaves Maria being like, what does she mean? Yeah. Why do they need her to be crazy? Which like, good on Maria, like putting together the pieces. Mm-hmm. Good job. Good job, Detective Maria. Hell yeah. Um, but of course, Meredith and Bobby. <laughs> Show up. I love those two. I mean, I hate those two, but... No, they are so funny, though, as characters. They're, like, <laughs> yes. such a caricature. Uh, yeah. Dinner at the governor's. Yes. And I loved uh, Meredith's line about, like, that was meant to be a going away present, as in, take the money and go away. Go away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, they definitely provide some comic relief for us in this scene. I did not... They I do. did not see an uptick in laugh count in this episode as far as the characters are concerned, but definitely increased right. my laughter as a viewer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. And then our dear, beloved Crashdown. Yeah. Is this our only shot in the Crashdown this episode? I think so. Yeah, that's like pretty rare. Yeah, we're only in the Crashdown once, but we do see a lot of... Kyle and Alex. Yes, who we do. Have not been in so many episodes lately, so that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I love seeing all the Kyle and Alex. I also noticed in the Crashdown that they have red and green Tabasco. Oh, which I haven't noticed before, but uh, I like the um, options. Yeah. So, like, no big deal, but uh, Larrick shows yeah. up. Yeah, they're like, oh, hey, Brody, this is Larrick. Yeah. <laughs> And he basically is like, this body might be dying, so let's just talk fast. Yes, let's just give lots of exposition about science stuff. And then they all look at Liz, and Liz is like, no, even I don't get it. Like, this is above my (laughs) pay grade as the resident science whiz. Please dumb it down for us. (laughs) I do like Larrick. I do, yeah. He's like, I feel like he's nice. And he explained things really well Mm -hmm. and simply without, like talking down to them or like, you know, making them feel stupid for not understanding this science that actually makes no sense. Yeah, no, no sense at all. But (laughs) (laughs) no sense at all. But we do find out that the blue stuff is called Gendarium, which we didn't know that before, right? We're just finding out it's called Gendarium. I think we learned it in the last episode. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, maybe. So blue stuff connects alien cells to human cells and like Mm -hmm. provides the like missing link that exists in these different dna biology cellular structures but Mm -hmm. left to its own devices it will take over the world basically (laughs) right and that like they need this genetic flaw yeah in order to infect a human and then once they infect a human it can like mutate into a universal virus. Yeah. So what a I want a universal virus? I wonder what that's like. Yeah. Weird. Wild. Like I've never hmm. experienced anything like a universal virus that like just hmm. infects so many people in the world without 
an ability to stop it for an extended period of time. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least um, this is not a virus from aliens. Yes. <laughs> but it are, you know, COVID also doesn't involve pretty blue crystals. So, yeah. you know, you win some, you lose some. If I was knew that some blue crystals were going to explode out of my chest if I had COVID, that would be, you know, <laughs> I guess not great, but... No, but at least it would be pretty. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Also, Tess uh, uh, or Emily DeRobin's Australian accent is is so... It's so much in this scene. She literally calls Lori, Laurie. Like... Yes. Yep. <laughs> and I, I like, also noted Oh, your Australian is showing, honey. That dialect coach hasn't really improved things. And why didn't they, like, why did they let her say that? Like, why didn't they, like, cut? Cut, reset, it's Lori. Emily, it's Lori. 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 Okay, yeah. let's let's take it again from the top. Yeah, my, my only knowledge of these sort of things is from watching lots of RuPaul's Drag Race, where then they have the acting challenges, and they, and, like, you get these drag queens who have never like really acted they've like performed and mm -hmm. like lip synced and danced and then they have to like memorize lines and i feel like the directors are constantly like cut like no the line is this and like all right yeah. take it from the top like yeah so it is possible you they could have corrected her but they didn't yes but they realize they gotta head back to fraser woods and try and uh find this mm -hmm. uh queen this queen gandarium Right, right, because Larrick did mention, but it would have been it would have been helpful if Larrick had known or explained that the queen isn't just a queen, but it possesses people. Yeah, or has the ability to do that. Yeah, maybe he didn't know that's how it was going to play out on Earth with Earthlings. Yeah. So over in Tucson City Hall, Woo move aside, Veronica Mars. Because we got a new detective girl in town, and her name is Maria DeLuca. On the case. And she is using her smarts to find out that the deed of the Dupree estate is indeed in Lori's name. And, oh, that must be why her parent, her aunt and uncle need her to be crazy. So that they can live in that big old fancy house. Yep, so that they can have the power of attorney over her. Mm-hmm. Assholes. Yeah. Ugh. Like you were saying before that like, it's, you know, like abuse of an adult or whatever, like, and yeah, it's, uh, it's more serious if they are trying to say that she doesn't have the mental, you know, faculties to mm -hmm. care for herself, then like, it's even worse than like, just adult abuse, because that's not a thing. It's like, yeah. You know, neglecting and abusing someone who you have power of attorney over and like are supposed to be caring for. The power of attorney is supposed to be to allow you to assist in their care for their well-being, not to take advantage of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, tell that to Britney Britney's Spears' dad. dad. <laughs> I was thinking the exact same thing. I was like, <laughs> right? well, unless you're Britney Spears' dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and when Maria realizes that the estate is in Lori's name, she does have a slight chuckle. Oh, all right. I missed that. And I do think it counts. It's like quiet, kind of under her uh -huh. breath, but it okay. does count. There were a couple <laughs> in I there. I missed that one. But we head to the front of the Dupree Mansion, and I think it's Maria refers to them as the team of Garen and DeLuca, which like, 
I mean, <laughs> can't help but draw the parallel to the team of Baron yep. and Toluca, which is, uh, for if any of our listeners don't know what's going on, I don't know how they wouldn't know what's going on at this point, because we've talked about it here, but also it's all over the internet, uh, the TV series that uh, that Mahandra Delfino and Brendan Fair are working on, um, where their characters' names are Baron and Toluca. Uh, which we're going to have a bonus episode coming up soon, uh, talking about all things Baron and Toluca. So stay tuned for that. I didn't even, like, catch that. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. It was like, the team of Garen, Garen and Toluca. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, duh. Yeah. yeah, is it? I thought it was a little silly that she held up the paper for the security cam, when, like, of course not. They Like, there's no way they could see what that was. And they're like, uh, okay, yes, hold on. We shall buzz As if, you like, in. it's, uh-oh, yeah. this is a problem. It's like, they don't know what's on that. It could be like, you know, some fifth grader's report card. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great, though, if they were like, full Joe, we didn't have jack shit, but we're back on the property now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you let us in. <laughs> and now we're off to Fraser Woods, where we get all of our, we get our Alex and our Kyle. We're going to get so much of mm. them in this episode. But yeah, our our lowly our lowly human folk doing the doing the dirty work, digging holes yeah. in the rain. Right, because they they all were like going to meet in Fraser Woods to go yeah. dig, right? Like in the crash down, they're like, get all your digging materials. Yeah. My assumption is that they're all there, spread out, like working in like pairs, like you know. So it's probably yeah. like. You know, Izzy and Tess are off digging somewhere, and, like, you know, Max and Liz are off digging somewhere that they've all kind of, like, divided and conquered, but we get to see our boys, Alex and Kyle. Yeah. Our boys. Our favorite boys. My favorite boys, anyway. (laughs) I mean, Michael's my favorite boy, but behind him is Alex and Kyle above above Max, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And they have this interesting conversation about like what it's like to be a human Mm -hmm. in the context of this group that's like so focused on the aliens and all the alien drama and kyle says suddenly i'm a member of this club i never wanted to join and that's like okay so the stuff on this show is very much fantasy fiction but that statement is like very relatable Mm -hmm. yeah right like i found out a year and a half ago that I have epilepsy. Yeah. Suddenly I'm a part of a club I never wanted to join. You know, like there's so many things that are forced upon you that you don't want. But at the same time, it is, it does enable you to be part of a club. Whether that club is a good one to be in or not, like other people are in the club Yeah, going through the same things and there's a community there, whether or not it's a community you ask to be a part of, like hopefully you can Mm -hmm. find some positivity in the community that, in the club that yeah. you didn't want to be a part of. <laughs> yeah. So I just, that, that line stuck with me. Cause it's like, Oh, you know, I can relate. Yeah. To that. I didn't even think of it in that context, but like that is super relatable and super real. Like, you know, in your specific regard to like health problems and like health problems that I've gone through, like I didn't ask for that, mm-hmm. but it's a part of me forever. So, mm-hmm. so how do you deal with it? How do you find the community and the people who can support you and lift you up in that? Yeah. Then there's sort of like, you know, a special bond between people who who have both gone through it and, and, you know, you can be there for each other in ways that people who don't understand it can't. 
Yeah. And especially, I mean, Alex and Kyle have the potential to form a deeper bond here as, I mean, I guess Alex has kind of had a little bit of romantic involvement with Izzy, but he doesn't actively right now. So as like two people who are not romantically involved with the aliens, like they really are just like bystanders who found out this knowledge and now have to deal with it. They're not choosing to be there because they are in love with one of those people they just like have this knowledge and Mm -hmm. now they're a part of it yeah i mean maybe alex is still in love with izzy we don't know like he kind of like gave her the brush off a couple of episodes ago there yeah well he has liana now he does his swedish lady friend the new alex yes So then they find a cave, a A blue cave, a blue cave full of blue crystals. And of course, Kyle wants to go explore. Like, he's just like, he's like a little kid. He's like, well, are we going to go do it? Like, let's go. Me first. They're such teenage boys. (laughs) At least Alex had the like, initially had the good idea of like, okay, we should go call the others, like regroup. Yeah. But, you know. He gets sucked in by the excitement of, let's just go (laughs) inside. Let's go explore. Look at this cave. I don't know. Maybe I'd want to go explore the cave. It's hard to know. I mean, they didn't know the cave was going to like trap them in there. So. Right. Also, I'm confused by this and like, don't think that the Gandarium would act this way. Mm -hmm. Because like, why would it want to trap them? Yeah, because they. It can infect them. Yeah, I was going to say it must know that unless it needs more time to assess, so it decides to trap them in there and see if it can take them over. Yeah, it's not, it's not able to infect them. Like it can't, it has no use for them. Also, there are, I don't know, just, I'm just, I cannot suspend my disbelief here. (laughs) Because also like, they're in a cave that, you know, theoretically has limited air, is what they're saying. The Gandarium can't live without air. Yeah. So why would it seal off the cave with its own crystals inside? Good point. I didn't even think of that. (laughs) I was like, yeah, the boys are all worried about running out of air. But like, obviously, there must be airflow somewhere because otherwise the Gandarium wouldn't survive. The crystals. Yeah. Because they busted it open. So in theory, it was completely sealed off before they busted it open also. Right. Yeah, it's a good point. I also don't think that it would be totally airtight yeah. and without air in there. Same. But anyway, they're still like expecting to yeah. die and <laughs> yeah. that's fine. We can but get to luckily that luckily their cell phones work inside of there and luckily they have their cell phones on them and Liz's cell phone is turned on because we've had very hit or miss with like the use of cell phones. I guess especially in season <laughs> one. They've been a little more consistent with cell phone yeah. availability in season two as... As, you know, 2001 is even just slightly more on board with cell phone technology than 1999 was. It's true. This is like the start of the cell phone boom. Yeah. The aliens can't open the Gandarium that has closed up the cave. So that's kind of scary. And Liz tells them to breathe shallow. (laughs) And reminds me of the movie Gravity. Which literally left me feeling like I couldn't breathe. Is that one of the space ones? Oh, it's so good. It's the one with the cast, entire cast is pretty much just George Clooney and okay, Sandra Bullock. yes. All right. Yes. I know which one you mean. I haven't watched it. I wanted to. I missed it in theaters and never caught up. Story of my life. I do recommend it. I, I watched it again recently. Nice. And uh, it is, it's cool. really good. Yeah. Back at the Dupree estate, mm-hmm. Maria and Aunt Meredith 
are sitting together and yes. talking. And are you laughing about the same? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Referring to Michael as yes. beatnik. <laughs> She's like, you and we could have you and the beatnik. What a bizarre, out. weird word to refer to Michael as. He is nothing like a beatnik. Is it just because he has long hair? Like, I guess his like shaggyish hair. I'm like, is he even like wearing black? Like, is he wearing a black tee and black jeans? I don't even think so. Like, there's literally nothing about him no, that's beatnik. Absolutely nothing. So weird. I was. That's literally the only note that I have for that whole scene. Is like. <laughs> Beatnik? <laughs> Interesting description. Yeah. But back in Lori's room, uh, Michael is pretending that Maria's idea about finding out about the uh, ownership of the estate was all his idea. And this is not the first time we have seen him do this. Um, mm-hmm. Just like literally take ownership for Maria's ideas and pass them off as his own, which is like, a little shitty. He, like, literally quoted yes. her. You know, he's like, oh, because rich people, all, yes. you know, they, some things, they, when you threaten their money, you know, he, like, literally <sighs> quote, like, copied what yeah. she said. Literal, yeah, word for word. And, like, I mean, he wants Lori Come to look on, up Michael. to him and trust him. And, like, and he does yeah. sort of at some point in their throne, like, oh, well, Maria was there, too. So it was both of us. But, like, it's like, no, this was all Maria. Like, you were along for the ride, this was bud. All her. Like... <laughs> And was even, like, kind of, you know, being like, this is so stupid. Like, what are we doing yeah. here? Um, and Lori is talking about her grandpa and then is like, would you like to see him? Which is so weird. Yeah. I mean, I guess memories of him. So. Yeah, so say that. So she takes him down to their, like, creepy, like, bomb shelter emergency bunker, which, of course, they have. Of course, I guess. I mean, I guess it sort of makes sense if her grandfather spent the rest of his life being worried that he was going to get abducted by aliens. Maybe he wants some sort of, like, fallout shelter to hide in. And it would make sense that that would then be his, like, sanctuary where he felt safest. Yeah. And Lori mentions the, uh, the, as she calls it, bad blood. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The um, recessive genetic defect. Yeah. Which we, like, still don't really know how that like has had a negative effect on her life. Yeah, like I was I was going to say like what genetic defect? Yeah. Like what is the condition called? Yeah. You know. And how has that like affected her day to day or her grandfather's day to day cuz he obviously didn't die of that? Like Yeah. I mean, or did he? Do we know what he died of? No. I mean, she implies that you know, he got put away for being crazy also. So I just kind of feel like he maybe just kind of died of old age in a nursing home. I don't know, Mm -hmm. though. Yeah. But yeah. So then where is Isabel in this next scene? Is it Grant's office? Or like UFO Center? Like does because Grant doesn't have an office, right? Yeah, I I think they're in the UFO Center because they do flash to the outside of the UFO Center at the top of the scene. Like one of those B-roll oh, shots, because okay. I have that as my heading as UFO Center. So I do remember there just okay. being kind of like a B-roll of like the outside of the UFO Center at night with the fluores- with all the neon lights on. So she must be in the UFO Center. I don't know why, but I'm assuming that's where she is. Yeah, because I guess she went there to get more information on the Gandarium. Oh, maybe. That's what I was like, what is she doing here? So I think that's what it was. Because when they couldn't break through, you know, they like, she like went to go get. Yeah. Oh, oh, uh, Max says that Brody has a bunch of tools, including a diamond saw, a diamond cutting saw that they might be able to saw through the crystals with. 
He, like, says, hmm. and so she goes back, I think, to look for Brody's tools to try and assist in breaking through the Gandarium cave. But also, like, why doesn't Max go? Because he would know where things are, and it's his place of work, so he has a yeah. legitimate reason to be there. But anyway, Izzy's there because right. we need her to get kidnapped by Grant. Right. That's why she went. I totally missed that. A diamond saw, which, like... I was like, why does Brody have a diamond saw? Like, what is a diamond saw? <laughs> Uh, I think it probably- Is it made out of diamond? Because diamond can cut through anything? It has to be. Yeah, it must be. Right? To be able to cut through diamond, you have to use diamond. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so balaclava guy chloroforms her. Turns out it's Grant! It is Grant! Which, you know, obviously we know at this point. Um, and he looks really bad. He's like sweaty, pale, he has like- Rings under his eyes. Yeah, he's distracted. He's edgy. He's, mm-hmm. once they're in his car, he is, like, clearly having a breakdown. Like. Yeah, he's he's losing it. Yeah, he's reciting facts. He's telling Izzy she's the only one that he can trust. He has to help. Like, she has to help him. She has to save him. Like, he is not great. Yeah, he's talking about, like, gaps in his memory. Poor guy. Yeah. You know, she mentions, like... Or he mentions Agent Duff and she's she names Agent Duff and he's like, I know. I know things. Yeah. You know, he's like freaking out, the poor guy. Yeah. But we discover like he was out on Pullman Ranch, like doing research last summer and found these blue crystals. And Izzy puts the pieces together that he must be being possessed by the queen, the queen of the crystals, Queen Gandarium mm-hmm. herself. <laughs> Her Majesty. Yes. Who turns out to be, like, a wild, wild jellyfish that, like, doesn't need to be in water. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. The CGI. So, yeah, me and he he tells her that, like, it wants me to kill you. Yeah, but I don't want to. So, I mean, luckily he can keep control for long enough Mm -hmm. to give her his cell phone and get her out of the car. Yeah, he kicks her out of the car, which is, like... Good, he maybe saved her life by yeah. doing that. And he just let her know like that he's on his way to Tucson. He doesn't know why, but that's where he knows that's where he's going. How does the Gandarium know that Lori's in Tucson? Uh I don't know. I mean Grant did find the picture of Lori in Michael's house. So Oh, okay. And the Gandarium knows what he knows, obviously. Yeah, I guess she's probably building, yeah, the she, the queen, is probably building on Grant's knowledge from the real world, I guess. Um, And Isabel, so smart, the first person she calls is- the sheriff. Jim Valenti. What a smart idea. Because he's the best, he's trustworthy, he can rescue you. Yeah. Um, And it's a good thing she called him, because, like, who else would have had access to a plane? Yeah. To get there fast Mm -hmm. enough. And he wants to come help her first. And she's like, I'm fine. I know. I'm good. Go save Lori. I love that he's like protective sheriff dad, though. He's like, what? You can't You can't just get into a car with just anybody. You know, he's like, you can't hitchhike. She's like, I'm fine. She's like, I am an alien who can uh, manipulate the molecular structure of things. I can keep myself safe. Thank you. Yeah, she's fine. Ugh. And then we head back to the cave and Alex and Kyle are singing to pass the time. It's so (laughs) cute. It's just so cute. It really is. (laughs) And it really seems like it's like a very earnest rendition of the song. Yes. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I love them. Five 
by Miss American Pie. So Kyle has a bottle and matches on him? Yeah. I mean, he had his backpack. Like, why does Kyle have matches? I mean, I don't know. Also, for his incense. Yeah, that's true. Good point. Right? For He's incense, probably got probably. incense on him, too. But because, yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. We visually see him toss his backpack down into the cave, too. So oh, he, that's right. He, he did has toss whatever's his backpack in his backpack. Down. So okay. a yep. bottle, which probably had water in it and is now empty. Yep. Yeah, it makes sense that those would be in his You backpack. know, he might have some cone incense on him for, like, emergency meditation needs, you know. <laughs> yeah, just in case. Yep. You got to be prepared. But yeah, the boys are inside. Everyone outside is trying to dig them out in the pouring rain. And... Then they discover that the oxygen will suffocate the crystals. Yeah, very helpful. Yeah, very convenient. I mean, we still are running into our our issue of is this is this cave really uh, sealed of all oxygen? And if so, why would the cave seal itself off? Because it would also kill itself in killing the boys. But that's right. a problem for another. That's an unanswered question. And if not. Why are the boys worried about their oxygen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just a little cyclical plot hole. Chicken chicken egg situation. <laughs> of course, we go back to uh, the height of luxury. Oh, yes. At the Dupree estate yes. with uh, Michael and Maria in these like fancy robes. Maria's hair looks amazing, by the way. Yes, it does. And Maria's like, she asked Michael something like how... How did you get Lori to to talk to you? I, I forget exactly what she said, but I wrote down that his answer was, I just listened to her. Yeah. Which, like, who is this beatnik? Yeah. Because <laughs> this is not the Michael I know. Uh, but I love it. <sighs> yeah. And I mean, did he just listen to her? He also claimed Maria's actions for his own. <laughs> he also, like, lied. But, yeah. And- Lori's happy. Meredith and Bobby are evil. Marie and Michael are living it up in the lap of luxury. Good times. So great. Um, and Max calls because mm-hmm. he has the number to the landline at the Dupree estate, of course. Yeah, of course. And uh, <laughs> I mean, they might be in the in the white pages. We don't know. Yeah, true. We don't know. And yeah, so Max is able to tell him over the phone the key information about how to kill the Gandarium. Yep. Deprive it of oxygen. If you happen to find any Gandarium, here's what you need to know. Deprive it of oxygen. And then they, you know, are going to enjoy their movie on a portable little yes, DVD it's, player. Yes, remember, remember those? those? Yeah. I yeah. had, I didn't have one of those at the, quite at this time. I had one when I was a little older, but I definitely had a little portable DVD player that I bought at Costco. I remember. Nice. <laughs> I didn't have one, but I had friends who did, and I was, like, very jealous. Mm, yeah. Like, someone had one at camp, Ooh. and you're not supposed to have it at camp, yeah. but, you know, it was like, ooh, yeah. she has a DVD player. <laughs> so, Valenti starts to come clean to Duff. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't really come fully clean. He just kind of tells her. No, he's starting to, like, kind of realize that he needs. He needs her on his side and he has to let her know that, like, something's kind of weird here. He's like, you're going to see things you can't explain. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And he says, if you tell the Bureau what we're about to do, you'll kill your career. Mm -hmm. It's like, is that a way to get someone to do something, though? (laughs) 
I mean, she's very career driven, though. Like when we first meet her, she's like, I plan to make director by the time I'm 35. Like this is my second case, but I am driven and I will use the tools I need to get where I want to be. Like she made that clear from the beginning. Right. So that's why I'm saying like, he's like, I need your help with this thing. And if you do this thing, you can't tell the Bureau about it or it'll kill your career. Like if I were her, I'd be like, so no, I'm not going to do that thing. Yeah. But she also really wants to solve this case. Like, you know. She does. Because the other option is that she has her second case goes unsolved. And she needs to close Mm -hmm. cases to rise within the ranks, too. Right. That's a great point. So back at the Dupree Mansion, it's dinner time. And isn't all of this food delightful? It looks delicious. Maria looks beautiful with her curly hair and her, like, dark burgundy red lipstick. She looks nice. And Michael's hair looks disgusting yeah why is it so greasy (laughs) it's so greasy and flat and like his he's got the like kind of spider bangs like plastered down spider leg bangs yeah and like almost like a mullet in the back like because it's shaggy and it's like flipping up he's seriously channeling carol brady Ugh, yeah right he's like got that like carol brady hairdo where it like kind of flips out by by the neck yep and it's so just bad. such an in such contrast to Maria's like sheer beauty in this scene. <laughs> yeah. So he says that they're eating chicken. It turns out what they're eating is squab with foie gras and black truffles. Yes. Which like could you ha- could you get a more expensive meal? No. It's like oh, it's extra. Yeah. I'm sorry. This is very extra. <laughs> so I was like, what is squab? I've heard that before. Mm-hmm. So bear with me as you hear about my deep dive into squab research. Teach me about squab, Elisa. Okay, gladly. Uh, so squab is a baby pigeon under four weeks old. Oh! Um, never having flown. Oh my gosh, it must be so tiny still too, though. Like, what was on their plate looked too big to be squab. So, I'll get there. <laughs> um, it's described as tasting like dark meat chicken. Okay. Which, if you ask me, is the best part of the chicken anyway. So... If the whole thing's dark meat, delicious. So there are around 150 varieties of domestic pigeons. Okay. Squab comes from some of the larger varieties. I think it's like two two different varieties. So uh, so babies at four weeks old are pretty big. Got it. Maybe the size of like a city pigeon, like the kind of pigeons we're used to. Okay. Even when it's a baby. Wow. All right. So something also that's interesting is that pigeons are descended from rock doves. If you look at doves and you look at pigeons, it's like it's the same bird. Yeah, I see similarities there. And pigeons are technically domestic animals. So wild pigeons, right? The like city pigeons Mm -hmm. are considered feral. Oh, interesting. Because it's a domestic animal that like has reverted to the wild. Interesting. Which, so it's they're not wild animals, they're feral animals. Interesting. Yeah, I guess I only think of pigeons as being like, I always thought of them as being like city pigeons being the main and like that something like a homing pigeon is something that had been like trained from the wild. And I guess at some point it was, right. but they are considered completely domesticated at this point and feralized. I think pigeons have, have always been domesticated animals. Because, and, and like the doves that they were bred from were the wild ones. I get where you're coming with that. Yeah, that people bred doves and created pigeons. Interesting. And then some of those pigeons at one point, like, you know, went into the wild and those are now like 
city pigeons yeah. or street pigeons or yeah. urban. I think they're called like street doves or something. I saw a few different names for them. So that is your Squab 101. Thanks. You're welcome. I do love in this scene, uh, Bobby and Meredith are getting ready for some fancy outing. But <laughs> Meredith has said, we have prepared this seven course meal for you to hopefully keep you from snooping around. If someone literally said that directly to my face, I'd be like, well, obviously, there's more to learn in this house. And the first thing I'm going to do when you walk out the door is I'm gonna fucking go exploring. Like, yeah, I mean, if that was your plan, why would you say it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, for our benefit, you yeah. know, for our benefit. But, but like, they could have just had her saying that to Carmen, like, in the other room real yeah, quick before coming Yeah, keep them busy. In, you know? Like, yeah. I know it's your night off, but we're paying you extra to be here, so keep them busy. Like. Yeah. But, yeah, speaking of Carmen, where is Carmen? Where is Carmen? She's not answering her bell. I know. Because nobody should ever have to. But uh, yeah. yeah, Maria is ringing and ringing that bell. Oh, how quickly Maria and Michael have fallen into this luxury lifestyle. Just like they they fit in so well. Yeah. I mean, that's part of where the humor of this episode comes from. It's just like totally. seeing them just. <laughs> it is so funny. I love them as rich people. Yeah. Um. So Carmen's dead. Looks like she was strangled. Mm-hmm. But then there's also blood. So yeah. I don't know what that's about. I mean, if she was like strangled with like a garrote, like a yeah. wire, like yeah. isn't that what a garrote is or a garret? Garrote? I don't know. Garrot? Garrot? Sure. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean, though. It's that like thin wire thing that you strangle people with. Yeah. I've seen um, action movies. Yes. So, um,. Yeah, Michael runs back in. It's like, Maria, take her someplace safe. Yeah. But like, why doesn't he escort them to someplace safe? Because he's going to go investigate. He's going to go find who's loose in the house and killed Carmen. Right, but he doesn't know where in the house this person is no, loose. he doesn't. They should all stay together. But he couldn't, he couldn't heroically get shot if they all stayed together. True. I mean, uh, he could, Michael. but then, like, Maria would be more worried about him than Lori, so. Yeah. But yeah, so Michael goes to investigate, he hears clattering, all of a sudden there's Grant, he's got a gun, he's firing the gun, Michael is shot, oh no. And then we get a, we get a little quick shot of Izzy finding a, finding a ride to uh, Tucson, but it's almost like an afterthought, it's just very quick. Yeah, just showing us that like, oh yeah, she did get picked up some, yeah. by somebody, she's on so the there, way. So there's a reason for when she shows up in the house later, which I guess is good, you know. Yeah. But of course, conveniently, there is a bomb shelter for Maria and Lori to go hide in to keep them safe oh, mm-hmm. while Michael investigates. And but but they don't close the door in time. No, it seems like it's stuck. Like it's probably old and like it, yeah, it seems like it's like super heavy and yeah, yeah rusty hinges. Lori's just totally. going down there to look at stuff, not actually locking herself in there. The the hinges could be all rusted and. Yeah, I mean, it may never have been closed That's since it was, like, installed. Yeah. There's no reason for it to have been closed. So, yeah. yeah, probably rusty and heavy. And, yeah, Grant gets in there. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't recognize Maria at all, so he's obviously right. under the influence of the queen fully at this point. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it gets hairy. It's, I mean, he is holding a gun to Lori's head. They're telling him to drop the gun. And then here's my theory about mm-hmm. this. Because you see he's like, he's like, oh, like his head hurts. 
And that's when Lori drops down and is able to get away. Uh-huh. I think that Grant s- saved Lori. Yes. I think that his head hurting there, and I don't know if this is like an obvious thing, but I think his head hurting there was him fighting against the queen in his brain. I agree with that theory, that he's trying to fight the queen and manages yeah. to take con- back control just long enough for Lori to get away, but it's painful for him. Yeah, and that's why his head hurt, but he was able to, yeah, to let her get away. Yeah. So, Grant, I mean, even up to the last minute, like, really trying to fight. Yeah, because he even says, like, I want to, but I can't. Like, you have to stop me. You have to kill me, which, of course, nobody wants to do because they don't know yet that there's, like, a giant jellyfish living inside of him. Like, they don't know, right. that, you know. Valenti right. and Duff don't know that. <laughs> like, Isabel right. knows that, but, like, Valenti and Duff don't know. And, um, you know, Duff ends up shooting him. And, mm-hmm. like, it was, she had to. Yeah. He, he was coming at them with a gun. And then that's when we have this CGI uh, masterpiece. Yes. Yeah. The crystals burst out of his belly. Drippy like jellyfish. Yeah. Bursts out of his belly like the alien movies. Uh-huh. Man, I love this jellyfish. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> it is. It's really cool. It's got like a crown of blue crystals. It's beautiful. Just like a queen should. <laughs> and this is like part of why I love this episode so much is mm-hmm. like, it's like really sci-fi. Yeah. You know? We get like wild sci-fi here. I like it too. Like that and like Kyle and Alex being involved in the like blue crystal sci-fi cave. Mm-hmm. It's like what makes me love this episode so much. Yeah. But yeah, luckily, I mean, luckily Max called Michael and let him know how to kill the blue crystals if he happened to find any, because now now they have a way to kill the queen. And luckily, the queen is trapped inside an airtight place, like essentially an airlock. Mm-hmm. So when the, um, I don't know if you saw this, both times I watched the episode, I saw when the queen finally dies and mm-hmm. goes and like crushes and like squashes itself on yeah. the window. Mm-hmm. Mahandra's face, like the look on her face is like so disgusted and hilarious. I missed it. I'll have to go back and look. I would really like to put that on our Instagram. Oh yeah, we can definitely screenshot that. Because <laughs> I think it's very funny. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, This the queen splats, splats herself itself against the, against the glass trying to break free, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think it's trying to escape and break through the glass, but the impact is yeah. too much and the loss of oxygen yep. and it just kind of splatters. <laughs> yeah, and it looks like it did break the glass, but like it couldn't get through the glass. And yeah. I agree. I think it was like a last ditch effort to try to escape. Mm-hmm. But the queen dying means that now all of a sudden all of the crystals in the cave are going to die too. And just in time because yeah. um, Alex was like ready to die. Yeah. Alex was like at peace. He'd like, yeah, resigned himself to dying in a cave. Yeah. But yeah, the crystals all melt all over him and they come out all covered in blue goo. Yep. And that's uh, where our second and final laugh of the episode comes from. It's like once they realize like, they're dying. (laughs) They're dying. And um, Alex has like, you know, gleeful. Yeah. Laughs. Joyous. Joyous laughter as they escape and burst burst through gloriously into the rain. Mm-hmm. I, in my notes here, I have everyone celebrating. K and A, very slimy. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, so slimy. So happy. So slimy. 
I love just like their joyous departure from the rainy forest at the end of this. They're all just like, they're grabbing the shovels and they're running and they're yelling and they're, (laughs) they're just all so happy that they saved the day. Right. Like not only did they save Alex and Kyle, but like they as a group saved the world. Yeah. Nobody's ever going to know about it, but they did. Right. Kind of like Buffy and the Scooby gang. Yeah. Constantly saving the world and nobody knows. But they did many times. Yeah. Um. So this next scene is just devastating. It's so me. sad. Yeah. You know, Isabel comes in after all the action and everyone has like left Grant's body just like exposed there yeah. alone. Yeah. It, despite like the recent past with Grant of him kind of going crazy and kidnapping her and then releasing her like they had a the start of a relationship. She cared about him. She was attracted yeah. to him. She liked him. Like, they mm-hmm. never really got the chance to form a relationship. And, you know, we'll just leave that aside from, like, the age difference, which we are not I a know. fan I'm of. I'm just trying to forget that right now. But at the end of the day, like, this is somebody that she really cared about. And that person is now dead. And the, like, the recent past and whatever, like, it's it's become clear that that wasn't him. Yeah. All the bad stuff, that wasn't him. Like, he's a good guy, aside from trying to date a teenager. But yeah. like we said, we're pushing that aside. Yes. And when you think of, like, what he went through, how – what a tragic, tragic story. Yeah. You know, this guy was, like, his brain was taken over. He had no control. And then he died. Yeah. Um, and she's, like, the only one showing him dignity. Yeah. Dignity, compassion. <sighs> she's so you know, sad. And sitting with him. Yeah. And she said, I'll sit with you so you're not alone. Um, and that reminds me of uh, a tradition in Judaism that when a person dies, it's called Shmira. Mm-hmm. It's uh, someone is supposed to be with the body from the moment somebody dies until they are put in the ground. And so often people in in your community will like take take turns. Take shifts. Um, people yeah. like s- sign up for shifts. Um, and it's, you know, it's not usually in the same room, you know, it might be like in the next room, but, mm-hmm. um, but somebody is always there. Yeah. I find that to be a beautiful thing. It's called Kavod Habriot, like honor for the dead. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's considered like one of the greatest mitzvahs. Mitzvah is like a colloquially means like a good deed, um, but technically means commandment. And it's supposed to be like one of the highest mitzvahs because it is, something that you you're not expecting to be paid back they're Mm -hmm. you know it's it's for a person who will never know and and will never you know yeah return any favors to you yeah it's just like for the respect of of you know the person who has passed yeah that's a really beautiful tradition yeah i think so too Hmm. i've never taken part in it and like you know would have a really hard time if i ever did but yeah i think it's a it's a beautiful thing so in the sheriff's office, Agent Duff is having a crisis of conscience. She yes, she is, is struggling. Do I tell the truth and like be deemed crazy and lose my job, or do I falsify a report and commit a felony? Neither of those are mm-hmm. good options. No, they're not. I mean, he he tried to give her a heads up about that. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he really did, and pretty early on too. Yeah. I mean, but. I mean, in this episode specifically, then he revisited that and was mm-hmm. 
you know, but I feel like pretty early on, he was like, I'm one of the good guys. I can't tell you why. Like, there's weird yep. stuff going on, but, mm-hmm. you know, you got to trust me. And she, it took her till now to trust right. him. Like, it's not always easy to follow protocol. Yeah. And then we've got Michael and Maria, her brave, handsome hero, her little space boy. He got shot. Kissing him all over. <laughs> and I'm yep. sorry, he... Uh, what did she call him earlier? He who shall remain nameless. Yeah. And now she's kissing him all over the place. Like, make up your mind. Yeah. Ugh. But Michael wants Lori to maybe move in with him as his sister, which is like really sweet. <laughs> I mean, what I would Ugh. be doing would be saying, can I move in with you in this big giant house? But yeah. Um, what? But I mean, I guess then he wouldn't be in Roswell where like the rest of his people are. So, you know. Okay, but so they can all move into the house in yeah. Tucson. <laughs> just, like there are plenty of yeah. bedrooms. We'll just change the title of the TV so- show from Roswell to t- Tucson. And yep. <laughs> and we'll just all go exist in this giant mansion and like swim Wait. in pools and eat squab and and figure <laughs> out our alien past from Tucson. Amazing. And, like, treat Carmen better than Meredith and Bobby ever did. Well, whoever they hire to replace Carmen. No, they're going to keep Carmen because, you know, they- Carmen's dead! Oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, right. Maybe let's keep that part out. Or, hey, listeners, I'm stupid. And just- (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, no, of course they'll keep Carmen. She can't lose her job. It's like, she lost her job. She lost her fucking life. <laughs> it's, a, it's a small oh, yeah. little moment. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really was reminded of the Grinch when mm-hmm. Michael was talking about inviting Lori to live with him. It's like, through this relationship with Lori, his heart has grown in size. Yes, his heart grew seven you know? sizes or three sizes or however many sizes. Yeah. Oh, but then he recognizes that, as he puts it, he's a magnet for intergalactic trouble. And maybe, like, Lori would actually like some peace and quiet after being, like, you know, horribly mistreated by her, her biological aunt and uncle and, like, forced into mm-hmm. a mental institution and, like, kidnapped and buried alive like maybe she just like wants to chill out and swim in her pool by herself Mm -hmm. i wouldn't blame her right and this is her home like this Mm -hmm. is where you know where she comes from so yeah he's probably right about that but they do help her with a lawyer Mm -hmm. yep they're like well before we leave let's make sure that they don't have power of attorney over her anymore yeah and then we have another convenient like end of episode like law proceeding um which we had in season one of with Independence Day with uh, Michael getting his emancipation mm, conveniently mm-hmm. and quickly yep. at the end of the episode. But yeah, so Lori is on her own. Lori is, uh, has ownership of herself and her property. And all is well in the world. And yay. And Michael has a picture of her. Yeah. She's his family. It's really sweet. And like for the first time he is able to call someone his family yeah and, and be proud of that you know like yeah. he had a foster dad but like hank was an abusive asshole yeah blood family he loves yeah and yeah. we end the episode with michael and maria looking super couple yes they do and always love some candy yes we do
Well, we did it. We conquered another episode, and we're, like, drawing to a close of me and Aliza's favorite story arc in this series. Oh, I, I just love this episode. Yeah. Well, Aliza, before we wrap up, do you know who you would like to choose for our hot and saucy? Now let's see who's hot and saucy. Yeah, uh, so this was a hard episode to pick hot and saucy for. Um, there wasn't like much hotness or sauciness, really. <laughs> oh, there was there was some sauce for sure. Yes, yeah, yeah. Mine is definitely a saucy moment. But I have chosen Kyle, obviously. Okay. And even though when we went over that scene, I was like not a fan of the decision Kyle made. Uh, I do like that he was just like, you know, all throwing caution to the wind, like, let's go jump inside and, <laughs> you know, go on this adventure, see what we can find, you know, being like brave and yeah. stupid. And- so his his adventurous spirit is winning over with hotness for you this week. Yeah. And it is kind of saucy being like, fuck it. I'm just gonna do what I want. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I chose. What is your pick for this week? Well, my pick is the other Valenti in this series, Jim Valenti. Probably has never happened from me and may (laughs) never happen again in the future. I know. Lisa would be so proud. It's very saucy and sassy to me when... Duff and Valenti pull over Grant Sorensen, and uh, Valenti is like, I brought you something you've wanted for a long time, a search warrant. It's just, yeah. like, very, like, it's very catty, saucy, sassy to me for him to be, like, like Such just kind of throw it, throwing it back in Grant's face, like, after yeah. so many times of him, like, skirting around the laws with Grant just to, like, rub his face in it a little bit. Yeah, that is definitely a good moment. Thanks for joining us for this episode. We'll be back later this week with a bonus episode talking all things Baron and Toluca, and then back with a full episode in two weeks on Tuesday, May 4th, with Season 2, Episode 15, Viva Las Vegas. You can follow our antics on Twitter and Instagram at Roswell Hot Sauce, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Roswell Hot Sauce. And as always, you can find show notes and more information about us on our website at roswellhotsauce.com or shoot us an email at roswellhotsauce at gmail.com. Pass the Hot Sauce is produced and edited by Ashley Hullett. Our theme music is by David Belcourt. Our logo was designed by Billy Murray. Until next time. Would you stop making phone calls? It's official business.